Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to season six, episode nine of the Pet Photographers Club. It's another video episode for this one. So Kirsty and I caught up with Isabella Wilman, the 20-year-old amateur pet photographer of the year, who gave us loads of insight into her Instagram strategy and how she's managed to grow that Instagram following to 20,000 followers, despite the fact that she's not even yet running her pet photography business. So we had so many questions for Isabella. She shared heaps. She also shared lots about her creative process, how she keeps all her photos looking so unique and different. Um, So yeah, it's a really jam-packed episode, but it is a video one. So if you're a member, I definitely recommend watching the video version because we refer to Isabella's Instagram feed and her photographs quite often. If you haven't yet checked out those winning photographs from the Pet Photographer Year Awards, you can definitely pop over to the website. It's thepetphotographersclub.com and you can check out those winning photographs there. So well done, Isabella. We're so happy that you won Amateur Pet Photographer of the Year. And without any further ado, let's roll on the episode. Oh, it's such a pleasure. So um, you were one of the youngest entrants for the International Pet Photographer of the Year Awards. Not that your age is at all a reflection on your photos because they are absolutely amazing. I guess I'd love to know straight off the bat, how did you get started in photographing pets? Um, how long have you been doing it and sort of where are you at today? Okay, so I actually started let's say 10 years ago when I got my bunnies and I would always photograph them with my phone camera or um, like those really, really tiny cameras. And that's how I got started. Mm -hmm. And then I made an Instagram account. Um, Originally it was my private account, but then I started sharing the pictures of my bunnies and they seemed to get a lot of traffic and I, that's when I um, first gained a few followers and I thought that it was um, a lot of fun. And I also got inspired by all those amazing photographers on Instagram. So I thought that I really wanted to improve myself. And when I got my first dog in 2014, I, got, I also got my first real camera. And that's when pictures well what was the timeline for that when, when did you I guess when did you make it public and decide I really want to start how long ago was that I think it was in 2013 okay so if you scroll down like all the way to the bottom of my account then you can still see the origins and so today are you um I saw on your website that you are offering um photography for for paying clients as well so tell us a bit how that's going and and how you transition from this beautiful instagram account to to then charging um paying clients well i got a few um people asking me about if they could book a shooting um via my instagram and then i thought yeah why not offering it um but due to my study i'm currently studying veterinary medicine I did not have that much time to um, really do a lot of shootings. 
but I really wanted to get into it this summer, but then COVID came and <laughs> it was wow. not possible at all. And I imagine that the, the study load for, for vet, science, uh, vet medicine is quite heavy, is it? Yeah, it is. And so um, I guess is the idea to keep it as a small, almost hobby business, or is the idea to grow it as your time expands and, and make it a full-time income? Do you know yet? Um, I definitely plan on growing it. I don't know how much time I'll have um, during my studies, but I definitely plan on uh, yeah, growing it gradually because it's so much fun and I enjoy it so much. It's not like um, I have to work or it's not, it's not like a nine to five job. Yeah, it's a yeah. passion and that way it's, it's fun to do even if it's business. Yeah, so, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I have a, um, a mentoring student at the moment who is a full-time vet and then runs um, his photography business on the side and he loves it because it gives him the balance of, of both worlds, you know, his passion for, yeah. for science and, and then the passion for, for the creative side as well but still runs it as a business and it's working mm -hmm. really well for him so, and I'm sure he's not the only one. Um, so I'm sure if you want to, you can definitely run them side by side. If time allows, one day. Yeah, I hope so. In the meantime, all these concepts that you come up with for the photos of, of both of them, they're so unique and creative. Do you have somewhere that you go to get inspired, especially these awesome, like, self-portrait ones that you're doing? What's sort of the, um, I guess, the process for you behind creating these images? Um, so, yeah, I use most of my phone is definitely notes. There I store all my photo ideas and whenever I get an idea, I um, immediately write it down. And sometimes I have those huge ideas where I know exactly what I want to photograph, um, what the location is going to be, what I'm going to wear, what the dogs are going to wear. And I know exactly how it, how it should look like. And then the end result is going to be something entirely different. So it doesn't always work out as planned. But um, yeah, I, I take most of my inspiration, well, parts of it from Instagram, because there's so many um, amazing people out there. But I don't really copy it. I only take parts of it. If I see a, a dog post on a book, I, I would think like, yeah, I definitely have to take a picture with a book someday, but then I'm going to change it up entirely and have it taken from a different angle, um, mm -hmm. maybe with different lighting and another setting. But um, parts of those uh, of that inspiration come from Instagram, mm -hmm. and by writing it down, um, I don't know, I don't only um, like make sure I don't forget it again, but I also it's it's like um, those ideas really start to develop once I'm writing them down, and that's how I how I really um, stay inspired. And so, a lot of the beautiful photographs that you do are, are self portraits. Is this you here as well? Yeah. Um, talk us through, I guess that that process using yourself as a prop 
in your in your photographs I think it's something that a lot of people would be a little bit nervous to do but it, it's so worth it some of the self-portraits that you have are just gorgeous um yeah I'd love to hear a little bit I guess about the behind the scenes in those photos as well okay so most of the times my amazing friends take the pictures where mm -hmm. I'm in it but sometimes like with the bubblegum photo I also entered um I also have to um, use a self timer to take those pictures because they are not around. Mm -hmm. um, well, I al always think first about um, if I like the outfit, if I like um, my hair, because if I don't feel like I look pretty on that day, <clears throat> taking a picture doesn't work because mm -hmm. the end result is never going to be satisfactory for me. So I, I really have to look my best at the day I'm taking the picture up. So um, if I'm happy with myself, then I just think about the pose, if it's going to look good. Sometimes I have my friends take a, um, a simple iPhone picture of me first so I can see what it will look like on camera. Mm -hmm. And then I change, switch up the pose a little bit or um, have my dogs um, stand in different places and then I would just take the picture. I was so surprised to find out because as you know all the judging was anonymous so we didn't, mm -hmm. we didn't know about any of the photos with just all the backstory of any of the photos mm -hmm. or who the, the photographers were for the awards so we just saw the images and it never occurred to me that this beautiful one with the flowers in your hair um, or the bubblegum one that either of them would be self-portraits um, it was really, it was quite cool to find out that the photographer was the person who was in those. I just assumed that she must have been, well, not a client because it was mm -hmm. the amateur photographer, but a friend or something like that. And I really, I think it's so special that you have these really quirky, um, beautiful artistic portraits of you and your pet. We always talk on and on to our clients about how important it is for them to have photos <laughs> of themselves with their pets and then I think it's one of the last things that a lot of us actually want to do. So it's really cool to hear about your process behind that. Um, we should do a challenge. Um, should. If you're in like weird COVID lockdown still or something, I think it would be just a nice way to get creative. Um, I would like to backtrack a second, Isabella. Earlier you mentioned that, you know, you have these ideas that maybe first were inspired by, by Instagram or another image you've seen, you take elements from those and then it forms as you think about it for a while. And sometimes you can have um, a very clear idea of what you want it to look like and then the end, you said, is often different. Mm -hmm. So is that because um, at the time of shooting you notice other things and you change your goal or is it because you're, um, you use it as part of your learning process? Well, a little bit of both, I'd say, because mm -hmm. sometimes the setting or location just doesn't allow the perfect image I had in mind. And sometimes that's not a bad thing at all, because mostly it turns out better than expected. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes that would make me, um, well, a bit unhappy. But the more I look at the final result, the better it becomes. And I mean, I think it's usually a good thing if the image changes while shooting, so the idea in your head changes. Because mm -hmm. 
yeah, like you said, it's part of the learning process. And well, um, figuring out a way to photograph, even if if it's not what you had in mind originally, is part of uh, um, problem solving progress, I, yeah. I guess. So it's mm -hmm. pretty cool, actually. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And how do you find like as you you know over the years as your photography skills have developed have you found that now if you do want to execute something exactly as in your mind that you have the skills to do it because of all this learning through through trying to execute something and learning something new mm, yeah i think so i mean um it's still i sometimes still have days where i can't get a simple picture done and sometimes I would take a hundred pictures and be happy with all of them. So mm -hmm. it really depends on the day too. Always stretching your creativity as well. So sometimes as photographers, we can get into the habit of like shooting in the same kind of lighting conditions with the same kind of background and, and a dog. Mm -hmm. So the same subject almost or with their own quirks. Um, and of course that image that we shoot all the time, we can execute without issue. But your mm -hmm. images are varied. You're pushing yourself create creatively and so of course there'll be some images that don't work out as you're you're anticipating because it's a completely new concept and a new a new style of shooting is that how you feel yeah definitely because i really really try to not take more than um one or two photos in the same location because mm -hmm. to me it's just um, very very boring and i feel like my whole audience is going to think it's boring too yeah. most of the time they would notice but i notice and it annoys me so i don't do it and <laughs> sure it can be a bit of a challenge to find um new places um good locations but as um as time went on i really got an eye for places that would work for pictures you mentioned um, disappointing your audience there and now twenty thousand followers is no mean um, I love to know what you've done to grow that audience. Has it just grown organically? Do you have any tips for photographers, other photographers listening or watching for how they can grow their their Instagram following? Because you do it now. I mean, I think staying loyal to yourself is the most important thing. So don't try to be someone you're not and don't um, have your photos be something you don't want them to be. So I know there on Instagram, there are a lot of amazing photographers with awesome pictures and they all seem to have their unique style, but trying to copy that um, does not really bring you forward. Of course, you will learn through um, trying to copy them, um, but finding your own style is I think the most important thing and also to, to grow. Um, so having having something that differenti um, differentiates you from others is really what, well, the most important thing and what your followers are going to like too. Having something that flows really nicely yeah. and your account definitely does. Like you've got this, you know, you haven't been changing your editing style every shoot, you know, it's, it, it's a consistent editing style. Yeah, I really try. <laughs> yeah, and even though the background is always different, there's these similar tones going on and, you know, everything mm -hmm. kind of comes together that makes the work all recognisable as yours. Um, definitely that shines through. You should be very proud of that. 
all things. How, how much, um, I guess, of a, a, a process and a tactic is there going behind your, your posts? Are you posting when you feel like it? Do you have a schedule? Um, do you have, I don't know, any any tips about the actual strategy, I guess, that you're using to post or is it just I've created a new photo so I'm going to show it now? What's the thought process behind that? Well, um, Instagram has be become quite hard to conquer. So like the algorithm is has gotten really, really hard. Um, but I try to post at least once a day. So really you have to post every day in my um, opinion because if you leave out just one day, you're going to regret it um, because people start unfollowing right away. I don't know why it is and why it's happening, but in my um, opinion, this is what yeah really has changed about Instagram. So I try to post once a day and I usually post around 8 to 9 p.m. Um, because that's when most people are going to be online, I think. I don't know for sure, but it's what my Instagram statistics tell me. Um, and I engage a lot with my followers and I, um, I answer all my DMs and post a lot in my stories. Um, yeah, stories are really important too, I think, because I get most questions and replies via DMs and stories. So they um, actually create more traffic than my actual posts, mm -hmm. unless it's like some a really, really special post. So when you're posting stories, are you posting like behind the scenes um, videos or just random shots throughout your day? What sort of um, content are you posting there that you find is generating so much more engagement with your followers than just simply mm -hmm. posting a photo into your stream? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. So I try to um, take behind the scenes photo of like my daily life with my dogs. Mm -hmm. So I would have pictures of them sleeping because it's cute and <laughs> it's the only time I can photograph them without them spinning <laughs> around. Um, I have photos of um, like the location I'm shooting at so people can then see the end result versus the location which I think is um, interesting. Um, I also have some kind of training updates because I do agility with my dogs. Um, and since Rivia is still a puppy, I also have like the training developments and her growing development. Um, I have pictures of Hamas and Rivia together. So like simple iPhone shots. So a little bit of everything. I also uh, sometimes post before and afters. So mm -hmm. like the out of camp pictures and the um, retouched photo. Which yeah. lets so your stream itself stay so consistent in your style, I guess, because you can have all these casual shots, behind the scenes shots, mm -hmm. before and after yeah. that stays in your stories. And you're clearly exactly. utilizing the highlights here so they don't necessarily have to disappear. Mm -hmm. um, that's really smart. What is codes? Oh, so that was um, if I if I have a um, cooperation and get a code for my followers um, mm -hmm. that they can like get thirty percent off or something. Then I store them in my highlights so they don't get lost somewhere in my timeline. Do you do a 
a fair amount of collaborations like that? Um, well, I definitely don't accept just any um, collaboration. I do um, some if I'm if I'm really invested in a product. So I wouldn't do just anything because I get offered money or something. I really have to be invested because otherwise it wouldn't be um, realistic. The people would notice that I'm not really into it. I like doing cooperations because sometimes I really get inspired. If I if I'm for example modeling um, phone cases, then I usually have the idea in my mind right away what the photo is going to look like or should look like, and um, so it can be a source of inspiration as well, um, because if I have a product and need to like um, create a good post around it, it's, it can be really inspiring. That's what I like most about corporations. New avenue of um, earning a, an income without, um, with still using your creativity, but without the traditional way of running a, a photography studio. Um, let's, um, let's pivot. We want to hear from our winners of the awards. We're trying to interview them all so we would love to hear um a few things first of all what made you into the award and then also what would be your tips in picking the images for other photographers entering competitions and awards and and things like this well i i saw um a photographer um friend of mine anna gaia mm -hmm. um she won last year i think and she also posted a lot about it on her stories, which made me really interested because before I had um, entered photo competitions already, but they were like youth competitions and not pet photography, but photography in general. Your competition really spoke to me because so many great photographers had entered already. And I thought it would be an honor just to be placed somewhere between them. I never imagined of. <laughs> like winning something at all. So I was over the moon when I got your email. And for choosing the images, I mean, I think you should really go with those you love most and pictures nobody else has. So I did not necessarily choose my most recent ones. I think um, they were all from at least over a year ago. Although the one with the dogs and the holy powder was from December, I think, or mm -hmm. January. But they are, I don't know, they all mean something special to me. And they're the photos I love most. And so I thought if I'm 100% um, invested in those photographs, um, other people will probably like them too. I think it's a good theory, Isabel, because um, obviously those images, even though you took one of them, like, what did you say, 2017, that image still remained top of mind for you. You know, when you think back of your images, that's the image you wanted to grab. And if you're still thinking about it two, three years later, mm -hmm. it's a pretty powerful image, isn't it? So um, seems like a pretty good tip, actually. <laughs> I really, I personally really loved the bubblegum one. It stuck in my mind as well. Yeah, I think I was even, I was chatting to someone about it before the um, uh, results had been announced. And I was just saying, like, we had some really different images. And I mentioned 
the, one of the ones that I remembered was with the bubble gum to like a little dog and a girl chewing bubble gum. It was just so quirky and different from anything else that we've seen. I know Kirsty and I have said this before, but really if you if there's something different that sticks in the judges' minds, and I'm, I'm clearly it stuck in both of our minds and clearly the other three judges as well because you ended up winning. I mean, it all ties together, doesn't it? If there's an image that sticks in your mind, that's the image that should be entered, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us today, Isabella. It was so lovely to learn more about who you are and um, your creativity. And, yeah, thank you for entering because we got to meet you now. Um, and <laughs> thanks for chatting to us today. Good luck with everything. Thank you. To see what thank you so much. It was an honour. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.